0: Welcome to issue 90 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here we take a good look at that most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel, and joining me tonight is. Mike, how are you? I am good, Daniel. Good to see you again. Good to see you. I feel like it was just last night we were hanging out. It was.
1: That was a rocking game. That was a rocking game.
0: But rocking game where, Mike? What are you talking
1: about? Oh, oh, Monday Night Twitch. My other, my other secret layer. Mm. Yeah, that's, where that's we a great place hang to be out and, and play games that aren't Marvel Champions.
0: That's right. One person who loves Monday Night Twitch is our other host, Steve. Hey guys, what's
2: up? <laughs> I do love getting on there and just heckling you for a minute or two. So.
0: Well, I enjoy it most when you actually play games with us. Yeah, me too. So, though you are a proficient heckler, it should be said. <laughs> but a lot of uh, practice. A lot of practice.
2: Excellent, excellent. So, Steve, what's on your mind tonight? What are we doing? So, yeah, tonight we are going to start our deep look at Nebula, one of our favorite villains. Wait, wait, Steve, we're, what do you mean villains? I have, like, a hero deck
1: named Nebula. No, you oh. don't. You don't. I don't? Is it, is a villain? it, actually, is it actually at your house? <laughs> well, yeah.
0: Do, do, you yeah. Have,
1: uh, do you have the following cards? Combat ready ruthless, wide stance.
0: Mm Hmm. hmm
1: Those don't sound familiar. That's, uh, they're in both sets, actually. Oh.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So you haven't played Nebula in either form. I haven't. (laughs) Okay, so our plan for Nebula, because there are so many cool versions of Nebula, is we are going to take a look at Nebula villain. Part one tonight, so her origins, her primary cards, Next week will be part two. We're going to take a look at all her encounter cards when you play against Nebula. And then the following week, the plan is to take a look at the Nemesis version of Nebula so that we'll have a really wide breadth where we get to look at her through three different sections.
0: It's like a Nebula-rama.
2: Yeah. am very excited. I'm very excited for that. Tonight, I'm going to tell us a little bit about Nebula's origins. You guys want to know about that? So it- much. I want to know
0: why on this first picture that you post in the show notes, she does not look like the nebula
2: I've seen. No, she does not. Uh, Hmm. Her art has evolved over the years. That's for sure. Uh, She used to have long flowing black locks, like a lot of hair and the nebula now has none.
0: Well, I bet we're going to learn a lot about how she's changed over time. So we'll take it away, Steve.
2: Just, Just don't make it, don't make it too nebulous. Nice. Oh, yeah. All right, so we're going to talk Nebula. <laughs> she first appears in Avengers 257 in 1963. She has been around a long time. So our first look at Nebula, it's just a couple pages tucked into this Avengers issue, which the primary story of the Avengers issue is something else completely, has nothing whatsoever to do with like Nebula's story, but they still... Mm stick in like six pages of nebula so here she is a feared commander of a group of space pirates wait what yes a oh. whole crew of space pirates are they all red-headed and bonnie no none of them are they're uh they're all various alien uh creatures uh huh. and this this ragtag group of space pirates led by nebula had stolen thanos's ship the sanctuary too and on board the Sanctuary 2 is a captured Captain Marvel. So not, not that Captain Marvel. Uh, no, not that Captain Marvel. But a different Captain Marvel that we know as Spectrum in our game. Whoa. Yeah. That Spectrum is that old? Yeah, apparently. But so uh, why
0: was she called Captain Marvel back then?
2: I don't know. She's a hero. What do I care why she's called what she's called? <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, why do we care, Daniel? We're villains.
2: Yeah, there, you notice there's never a lieutenant or a sergeant or a private. They're all just captains.
1: Yeah. Well, do you want to be like
0: private wonder boy? Like, come on. Major yeah.
2: pain in the villain's backside. Yeah, stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> Major pain actually sounds pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. uh, so all we know about Nebula at this point in this first issue is that she's putting a team together... To take over what remains of the Skrull Empire after some big, long war had taken place. Okay. And we learn that she has this nice hair. Okay. So she tries to talk Spectrum into joining her team. Spectrum agrees. But really, Spectrum is planning uh, to double-cross Nebula, like right from the start. How heroic. Yeah, she's just a liar right away. Yeah, no surprise, right? Uh, This (laughs) is kind of like very key on what nebula's life i think is going to be like she gets double crossed disrespected hated pretty much i think her entire career as a character in marvel um by all those who claim to be her friends and her family they start that sort of thing right off the beginning Uh, so her family her family right we all have them we tolerate them Sometimes we love them. Sometimes we hate them. Whatever. But Nebula's oh, family, <laughs> family is probably a lot worse than most people's family. Um, she claims, and a lot of this is alleged, but she claims that Zor is her father. She also claims to have killed her father at some point. And I don't know if that means she killed Zor or what. But Z- Zor is a character I had enough, no idea. I had no idea who this guy was. But he's a lufamoid. And he destroys planet Xandar and kills Nova Prime. So he's a pretty good villain to destroy a whole planet and kill Nova Prime. That's a, that's a good achievement for a villain. I have never heard of the term lufomoid. I have not either, and I can't tell you what it means. Um, I, I like the sound
0: of
1: it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I want to be called one.
2: I did not dig into it. <laughs> so The Nova Prime he kills is the Roman day version and who appoints the beloved Richard Ryder as the new Nova Prime. So that's, you know, that's kind of bad for us. Um, But uh, Nebula also alleges that Thanos is her grandfather.
1: So that would imply that Thanos is Zor's dad
2: or is this the other side of the family? Yeah, I think it's the other side of the family. Uh, We don't really know anything about her mother. We don't. I couldn't find anything about that. Thanos, being such a nice grandpa that he is, uh, he has, like, a whole long story, right? And he gets reborn after something that happened to him, blah, 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 whatever. He, he comes into Nebula's life, and like a nice grandpa does, he tortures her nearly to death and leaves her on the brink of death. Um, wow. Which, Yeah. Like, the, the only thing my grandfather ever did was, like, forget when my birthday was. Uh, so this seems like a really rough family tree here. Good lord. Yeah. But Nebula, she's no pushover, okay? And she manages to crawl back from the brink of life after being nearly burned to death to steal the Infinity Gauntlet from Thanos while he's, like, being busy being ethereal or something and returns herself the full power. So now she has the Infinity Gauntlet. So she's a, you know, a force to be reckoned with. And eventually, Mike's favorite hero, Adam Warlock... Uh, defeats her, and she's Um, captured by Fire Lord and Star Fox. So, right? I mean, the Magus is Adam Warlock, is the Magus, right? Aren't they the same person, sort of? No, no, no.
1: Adam Warlock is the inferior version.
2: Okay. Well, The (laughs) the inferior version ends up stealing the gauntlet back from Nebula, and she gets captured.
1: This is going to be one of those, we're
0: finally going to have a villain for whom I have great sympathy, aren't we? Uh, yeah it's been a while since i've been able to kind of really relate to one of these cats
2: i think you'll like this one right but we all have our family problems so hers are pretty rough though hers seem extreme (laughs) extreme yes okay she has lots and lots of adventures and there's you know 1963 until now so there's way too many stories to talk about but the overall theme of her stories is that her family and friends are real language to her thanos eventually will adopt her as one of his daughters in quotes alongside gamora Uh, even though maybe she's a granddaughter maybe she's not so he at least recognizes her in that way but he favors gamora for some reason over nebula in everything that happens um even though gamora never outwits Thanos, never steals a gauntlet from him, never shows the initiative to take his ship. Like Nebula does these things and outwits him several times. And he still puts her down, still doesn't think she has the like doesn't show her the respect that she's due for all these things. She's you know she's beaten Thanos a few times, but he can't Well respect that kind her of explains why he doesn't
0: like her that much.
2: Right. He holds a grudge. He's pretty petty okay. about it. Um okay. so, yeah he he treats her as like that unwanted stepchild Pretty much in anything i read so okay. uh, her sister in quotes gamora is terrible to her uh her foster brother thane who is thanos's son enlists nebula's help at one point and she decides that what she's going to do is she's going to save thanos because thane wants to kill thanos but nebula doesn't want thanos to die so she decides to double cross thane save her father slash grandfather whatever she saves thanos and in the process, she gets stuck in this place called the God Quarry, and Thanos just abandons her there. Like, she saves his life, and he just doesn't care about her. He just and leaves he, and, her there. And he
0: knows she saved his life?
2: Yes, he knows okay. she saved his life. He doesn't care. He leaves her in this God Quarry place. Which is a bad place to be. There's all these illusions. You're tortured. She She's there for a very long time, and... Kind of goes sort of insane from all the illusions and whatnot. So it's not a nice place to be left behind at. That's Nebula's life kind of in a nutshell. She's denied any sort of affection. She's always overlooked by Thanos time and time again. Uh, She gets backstabbed by anybody who she puts her trust in. Thanos is like, oh, Gamora, you're the greatest. And then Gamora betrays him and joins the Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, changes sides completely. And he still prefers Gamora over Nebula. We... We don't often talk like about the MCU version, but there's a pretty good scene in there that sort of sums it up between Nebula and Gamora, where Nebula, is the, the two are talking about when they're kids and they have to fight one another for Thanos' affection. And Gamora just heartlessly beats Nebula every time. And every time Nebula loses, Thanos literally rips a piece of Nebula out of her and replaces it with some piece of tech. You know, so like, it, it's, it's really rough. With family like this, who needs heroes to fight? Yeah. So is
1: that not a construct of the movie? Does that happen in the comics? I haven't read a whole lot of the early
2: Nebula stuff. I I don't know if that happens in the comics. I mean, it definitely happens in the movie. um, But it did seem to be like it, it, it felt accurate enough. Maybe not accurate in spirit. Yeah, in spirit. Thank you. Yeah, it felt accurate in spirit.
0: She shows up in the 60s, right? When, did, when does, like, the Gamora part of her storyline happen? Like, Gamora comes a lot later, right? I
1: Honestly, I don't know. I don't know. We we haven't talked about Gamora yet. Why are we talking about Heroes? No, yeah, we haven't.
0: No, I'm just trying to see, like, if Nebula predates her and then they make,
1: make this uh, sad story up for her. Yeah. That would be 1975 is Gamora's first appearance.
2: Oh, so she's 12 years older. Yeah, she's been around a little bit longer.
0: But when she was first introduced, they weren't going into her backstory at all, right? So... The Thanos stuff with her is when
2: Gamora shows up, right? She interacts with Thanos right from the start. I mean, the okay. very first issue, she she has stolen, stolen Thanos' ship. The ship, yeah, right. and and you know alleges all this family ties and these other things going on. So
0: from the get go, she's had a relationship with Thanos.
2: Okay, yeah, all right, not a relationship you really want. By the
0: way, Steve, I looked up Lufomoids. Oh, yeah. Uh, and... They're humanoid people, notable for their distinctive blue and lilac skin pigments, black sclera, and lack of hair. Oh, okay. They are from the planet Lufo.
2: <laughs> the lack of hair and the skin tones all matches her um, later artwork. So
1: Yeah. yeah. Or in okay. the MCU, it's just, uh, yeah, she looks like a r- blue robot.
0: Nope, they are a humanoid alien species. That's tragic, Steve. That's a
1: sad story. It is a sad story.
2: Is Nebula our first full-fledged female villain? Yes. hmm Yes, nope. she is. Yeah. Not the
1: last. We know that. Right. We will get more. Yep. But, and, uh, yeah. But I, I have another one. I don't know if everyone's gotten it yet. I do have another one. We won't
2: spoil that, but yeah. So why don't we talk about her cards, like her villain cards and her primary quest cards and stuff?
0: Well, I'm going to be honest, guys. Can I, before we even do this, can I say something? Oh yeah. If I ever play, when I play this game against Nebula, I'm gonna, I don't want to beat her. Like, no. hasn't she been beaten enough? Yeah, she has. And don't worry, about that. I, like I'm just gonna take Iron Man against her every time, and like <laughs> use all of his tech cards for
1: resources. Yep, yeah, or just uh, stack them on the top of your deck and let the let the pirates take care of them for you. To play
2: play uppercut over and over.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm I'm I feel bad. Oh well.
2: All of that has really like distilled down into her personality and her inability to like you know trust anymore. Or um, well, good for her drives drives her actions. Yeah,
0: good for her. All right. Well, tell us about Nebula herself in this game, Steve.
1: Yes, because as always, we always get the person who told the story to read the uh, the villain. That's
0: true, Mike. It has
2: always been that way. (laughs) Glad you've been paying attention. Okay, Nebula 1. <laughs> she is a 1-scheme, 2-attack criminal traded. Huh? Oh my goodness. Uh, she has 14 hit points per player, and her card reads, The first technique attachment revealed each round gains surge. She has a force interrupt when Nebula initiates an activation against you. Resolve the special ability on each technique attachment in play. Then discard each of those attachments. Okay, her second form is 2-2 with 17 hit points per player. She's also a criminal. The first technique is going to get Surge. Her Force to Interrupt is a little different. When Nebula initiates an activation against, you resolve the special ability on each technique attachment in play, then choose and discard one of those attachments. Instead of all of them, you just one. Her third version is a two-scheme, three-attack with 20 Hit points per player. Also, giving the first tech attachment Surge and her ability when Nebula initiates an activation against you, resolve the special ability on each technique attachment in play. You may then remove the top card of your deck from the game to choose and discard one of those attachments.
0: I love how she goes with these space pirates then.
2: Yes. Yep. Yeah. Oh. So great.
1: Her expert form is just brutal.
2: Yeah like nebula one she uses up everything and then it clears so there could be a little bit of a down where she doesn't have any techniques or whatever the two version you'll only get one one at a time one at a time so it could it could stack up or it might go down But that third one you gotta you gotta discard a card from the game from the top of your deck in order to get rid of one uh that's hard and she has 20 health per player so uh, we're not talking about
1: her techniques in this one, though, right? That's uh, for powers and abilities next episode. Yeah, we'll talk about that in part two. So, I mean, consider them partly delayed event, that their attachments and then the event part goes off later. Mm-hmm. Special ability. But they all give her some kind of bonus, like stall or something like that. So they're not fun to have around when, when you're facing off against her. Not to be able to get rid of them all is painful, and having to discard cards off the top of your deck to make them go away is awful. Yeah, not just discard, remove from the game. Remove from the game. Yeah. And I think she's got a lot of them, too. And they'll stack. All right, well, why don't we look at her uh, scheme? All right, let's talk about the art of evasion. Main scheme, 1A. Contents, the usual nebula stuff. Power stone ship command and standard encounter sets and one modular encounter set i.e space pirates set up put the nebula ship environment and the milano support into play attach the power stone to nebula where it belongs Mm -hmm. discard the top two cards per player off the encounter deck then attach each technique attachment discarded this way to nebula so right away if you're playing expert mode that's uh that's a lot of techniques and only one of them is going to go away each time they they get triggered When you flip it over, it starts with two threat per player, goes up by X per player each round, Mm. and has a max of six per player. You've tracked Nebula's location, but she's trying desperately to get away. This may be her only chance to take the Power Stone from her. X is equal to the number of evasion counters on Nebula's ship. I feel like we can't talk about this one until Daniel reads us a card.
0: Guys, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to read Nebula's ship.
1: That's a good idea. I did. Thank you,
0: Daniel. <laughs> Nebula's ship is a uh, unique environment with the aerial and vehicle traits with a force interrupt. When the villain phase begins, place one evasion counter here. Shoot the thrusters. First player action, exhaust the Milano and spend up to two resources of any type. Remove one invasion encounter from here for each resource spent
1: this way. Wow. Yeah. So if you thought you were going to use the Milano on useful things, like getting rid of those treacheries... Nope, sorry.
2: Yeah, you're never going to use it for regular resource.
1: (laughs) Yep. This is a first-player
0: action. Yeah, but really, you only have to use it every other turn to clear the whole environment. I mean, I assume there's other ways of getting these evasion counters on, but, like... There sure is. Yep.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Just don't do that. (laughs) So Nebula Ship, it kind of looks like... This art kind of looks like the Sanctuary 2 ship that she steals in the first ep, you know, first issue she's ever in, which is a starship that has 10,000 crewmen of various species armed with hundreds of energy weapons as well as a hangar deck that can hold hundreds of fighter craft. So uh, I'm guessing that's not really supposed to be the Sanctuary 2 because that ship is massive. So, wow. But the art is very similar. Explains where all the
1: pirates came from. Wow. Yeah, so almost inevitably, whenever I decide to forego that first player action for a turn to catch up, the next encounter card I draw is Rogue Vessel. Then it's just, (laughs) (laughs) da. Don't don't do that. So yeah, the Art of Evasion goes up by X per turn. Wow. If you're
2: not clearing them, it gets really high really fast.
1: Yikes. Well,
0: where do we go from the Art of Evasion, Steve?
2: Well, where we go is we initiate our warp drive on the two-way main scheme. With expert precision, Nebula's ship pitches and yaws, outmaneuvering the Milano and putting Nebula just far enough away that she might have a chance to escape. When we've reeled, place two evasion counters on Nebula's ship. For each evasion counter on Nebula's ship, discard the top two cards of each player's deck and the encounter deck. Okay. So you're cycling quicker as she gets further and further away from you. And if you haven't cleared that evasion counter now, there's two more on there. All right, so we flip it over to 2B. It starts with three threat per player, and it tops out at nine threat per player, going up again by X threat per player, where X is equal to the number of evasion counters in Nebula's ship. Nebula's engines are primed and ready. Take them out before she warp jumps. And if the stage is completed, the players lose the game. Wow. So
1: one thing I'll point out, I don't think they've done this before. I don't think we've ever had a main scheme flip and your, how should I put this, your threat not reset in a sense. Like, yes, you're you're back down to your three threat per player, but your evasion counters don't drop to zero. If you had five evasion counters on her ship, you still have five evasion counters on that ship. Right. And you can still threat out in two turns.
2: Yeah, like Zolo is putting his research counters or whatever they are on his scheme, so if the scheme moves, they go away when the scheme flips. this The counters are on the environment card, mm-hmm. so right. they don't, yeah, like Mike said, they don't reset, which is <laughs> brutal. Yeah, makes for some really tight games. You can't let that
1: get out of control or you're done.
0: So I'm guessing next week we talk about the play of this scenario, yeah?
1: Yeah. Powers okay. and abilities. That's gonna be exciting. Now... We should also talk about the Power Stone, but I don't know. I feel like that's going to take a whole episode. So maybe (laughs) we should just refer our listeners to our Power Stone episode.
2: Yeah, you can go back and, and check it out. I mean, do you want to just refresh their memory, what the mechanics of it are? Well, whoever's holding it gets plus one scheme
1: or thwart and plus one attack. And if you hit the villain for three damage, the hero gets it. If the villain hits the hero for three or more damage, the villain gets it. And it swaps
2: back and forth. Yeah. Now she starts the game with it, so she's really a two-scheme, three attack, right? Three three. Or yeah. So it's potent.
0: Well, right on. I am looking forward to next week. And uh Steve, spoilers? Anything? Do like the powers and such and the comic book translate well in the
2: game? You're gonna have to stay tuned and listen in next week. Oh I guess I'll I guess I'll be there. Okay. <laughs> Mike, how do these
0: good people find us?
1: Uh, I don't have a funny punchline for this. Aw, dang it. Okay, well, if you have a funny punchline, hey, email us. (laughs) You can find us at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. We have Critical Encounters on Facebook, and you can find our YouTube channel by searching for Critical Encounters Podcast. And on Discord, we are Vardane, Big Foam Loaf, and Wandering Took. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Nebula, take us out. As a child, my father would have Gamora and me
0: battle one another in training. Every time my sister prevailed, my father would replace a piece of me with machinery, claiming he wanted me to be her equal. But she won, again and again and again, never once
1: refraining. So after I murdered
0: my sister, I will bow worship with every conceivable instrument of death. I will hunt my father like a dog and I will tear him apart slowly, piece by piece, until he knows
2: some semblance of the profound and unceasing pain I know every single day.